We are so happy that you're here with us today. Now it's time to get started, so please stand and get ready to worship with us. And thank you for joining us here at Newbine. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Newbine Community Church. We're very happy to have each and every one of you here with us today, and uh, welcome to those who are watching online this week as well. All right, I'd like to invite everybody to stand. We'll have a word of prayer, and then we will start with worship. Lord, I want to thank you for bringing us all together here today safely. I want to thank you for everything you've done in our lives throughout the week and everything that we know you'll continue to do. I wish I had to come be with us today to worship you. In your name we pray. Amen. In the quiet hour I wait 
Take a second, turn around, and say hello to somebody. and we're glad you're here. If you're new here, go ahead and pick up one of these forms from the seat back in front of you, fill it out, and drop it in the offering bag as it goes through. Hey, everybody. Mark here real fast with a quick announcement. We'll be having our annual chili cook-off, which may be my favorite Sunday of the year. A um, couple of thoughts real quick. It's going to be right after the second service. $5 per person, which will include chili and salad. $2 for kids under 10, um, and it will include chili and salad. And this will have desserts, but they're part of the fundraiser, so you'll have to purchase those. And we have this year four categories um, for winners. The first one's going to be the best money maker. And so one of the ways that we raise money in this fundraiser is every vote costs a dollar. And so you can go around, you can cast a vote by placing money in the different chilies that you like. And so we'll have a, the best money maker chili. Also included this year, we're going to have a hottest category, a beaniest category, and the most exotic category. And so hopefully we'll see you guys to be trying out this really awesome Chili. Here's Allison with some. This is chili. With chili. See you guys then. Bye. the announcements. If you need any more information, go to our website or pick up a bulletin. Thanks for being here and enjoy the service. Good job. Beating up big guys. Good morning. Good morning. I'm sorry to wake you guys up. So, Who's for the Bengals today? The Browns? Anybody for the Browns today? Uh, we, it's sad, isn't it? Not really. Um, let's say a prayer and take up the offering. Uh, 
We need to pray for the people in Turkey and northern, north, is it northwestern Syria? It's, I don't even, I don't even know how to even deal with that or even how to pray for that. It's crazy. So let's just say a prayer and, for the offering too. So Lord, we lift up, uh, things in Turkey and Syria and God have mercy. That's all I can say is just have mercy and, uh, bless the people that are, uh, trying to help and uh, the aid and things that's being sent, Lord. We don't even understand any of that stuff, and so we leave that to you. So, Lord, we ask you to bless the offering. Pray you just use it to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. that verse today romans 5 8 but i'm going to leave out the the hey man part so um been in we we started a series on one another's one anothering and so this is week six i think and uh there's lots of there's over about 90 one another's in the bible and about 50 something in the new testament uh, and so the whole thing's about being together and so i'm going to interview a car berry today so um not i'll do aaron <laughs> This is Aaron Carberry. Give him a hand. Yeah. One of my favorite speeches I ever heard in my life, and I've heard lots of speeches. And so Aaron is a little boy at youth camp, and he gives this speech. Hello, my name is Aaron Carberry, and my talent is giving short speeches. Thank you for your time. That was it. That was a great speech. So that's... So tell us who you are and, and, and where you were born and, and all that stuff. Can, huh? Yeah, he's a little bigger now. I'm Aaron Carberry, uh, born and raised Middletown, Madison area, you know. Uh, yeah. 33 That's... years old. What? Yeah. I'm older than you now. You th- huh? I'm older than you now. You are older than me. It's crazy. Okay. Uh, what do you do for a living? Um, I am a chef. I work at a, uh, it's Pangea Keto. It's a ketogenic, dietary-based. Uh, you know, we have a storefront. We do retail, frozen meals, bakery. It's all good stuff, all low-carb. Yeah, all low-carb, so low-carb. a whole place. Okay. Um, what's your hobby? Do you have any hobbies? Uh, I've had multiple hobbies growing up. It's uh, been, you know, actually guitar that I started playing because of going to church here. Yeah. Just playing with your kids and, okay. you know, had fun with that. Uh, soccer, electronics, uh, just different things. Now my hobbies are kids and dogs. <laughs> so, so tell us about your kids. How many kids do you have? So I've got two kids. I have Ellison. We call her Ellie. She's eight years old. And uh, Gavin is a 10-year-old boy. Okay. Um, how long have you been coming here? <laughs> uh, 
what was it, 98, 99, when we started coming here. How old uh, were you? So I was 9 or 10 oh, wow. when we started. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what do you do here, which is obvious, but go ahead. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I started off by working with Pat and the tech team. You know, I was sitting back there every week running the camera, moved up to the kids' tech for a little while, and then uh, you had me slowly start coming on playing guitar, you know, once a month, you know, doing mm -hmm. worship leading uh, as I was learning and still growing. And uh, now, obviously, leading worship full-time. Still, I head back to the tech booth afterwards if he needs me back there. Okay. What do you like about coming here? Don't tell us what you hate, but tell us what you like. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, I've got so much time that I've been here that I've kind of come up and everything. So, you know, there are people here who are more like family, like, you know, everybody said before. Uh, you know, just as close as normal people in the family, uh, people that I can rely on if I need anything, that I can talk to, ask for help. Uh, and just, the community is probably the number one thing. Okay, good. All right. Give him a hand. Good job. Thank you. So that was a kid who grew up in our church, which is cool. All right. We started one anothering, uh, like I said, six weeks ago, and we've looked at all kinds of things so far. We've looked at uh, supposed to love each other in John 13. I think Jesus said, "New commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another." So we we looked at that. We talked about uh, serving one another. Um, what else have we talked about? Forgiving one another. Um, can't remember all of them. Uh, last week we talked about encouraging each other, how we need to encourage each other. And so uh, today we're going to talk about acceptance, how we're supposed to accept each other. Is that okay with you? Well, it doesn't matter. We're going we're gonna to talk about it. So you'll have to accept me on this one, right? So let's say a prayer and I'll read the scripture. So Lord, we just thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that it uh, is alive and living and it changes us, Lord. So Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and and uh, speak through me today and open our hearts to hear what you want us to hear and and help us, God, to learn to see that you accepted us and we're supposed to accept other people. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. I'm reading from uh, the book of Romans, uh, Romans chapter 15. Um, and it's almost, a, there's the context is Romans 14 and 15 and then in Corinthians, but uh, Paul's writing the church. So let me uh, just read this to you and I think it'll be on the screen too. So here we go, Romans 15, 1. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. For even as Christ did not please himself, but as it's written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the, the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify God and, and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Wow. Good verses. Um, Need to give you background so we can understand what he's talking about and, and how that even applies to us. Okay. So, um, 
in the New Testament, there were different kinds of Christians, and, and, and Paul's writing to these churches. And so there's Jewish Christians who are in the church at Rome that he's writing to, and also in some other churches at Asia Minor. And uh, they are Christians, but they're bringing their Old Covenant stuff with them. Okay, understand the Old Covenant stuff. It's, it's all the, the rules and regulations of the, of the Old Testament. So they're bringing their background with them, just like we do, in, into the church. Now there's Gentile Christians. They've, they've heard the gospel. Paul's been to those places and preached the gospel, uh, here in Rome. And so these Gentile Christians, um, they don't have any of those rules and, and they, they don't know the old covenant stuff. And so, so they're coming in and they're coming from a background of, of, with, with pagan religions. Okay. Uh, and in these pagan religions, um, I want to separate that pet and put it in the next one. Um, they sacrifice idols. Okay, so a part of the pagan worship was people would bring a sacrifice and they would sacrifice to an idol, to a false god, and then they would sell the meat at the meat market. Okay? It's like at Walmart. You see that little tag and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's cheaper. Okay? So it was a good deal. People would buy meat at the meat market and, and, uh, they would save money on that and, uh, they would uh, eat it. And, and some people thought it was wrong to do that. The Jewish Christians thought it was wrong to eat meat that had been sacrificed to idols. Okay, But the Gentile Christians uh, didn't think it was wrong at all. And so we see this division popping up in the church. You see the Gentile Christians on one side, and you see the Jewish Christians on the other side, and they got a backslash through the pig up there, right? So they, they don't eat pork. And, and so there's a big conflict. This is a big deal. It's a big deal in, in, in the early church. And, and it's interesting. Paul talks about the weak and the strong, that the strong ought to help the weak. But it's interesting. Paul refers to the Jew, Jew, Jewish Christians uh, who are holding on to the Old Covenant as the ones who are weak in their faith. Okay, now you would think the opposite. You would think, well, those who don't know the rules, you know, and who'll just eat anything and they'll do this kind of stuff, they're newer Christians and they're the ones who are weak in the faith. But Paul's saying, no, those who have all these crazy rules, you know, are trying to lay them on you, they're the ones who are weak in the faith because they don't know about the freedom that they have in Christ. Does that make sense so far? Okay, and so that's that's a real big deal. Uh, later on, they're having a problem with Corinthians that way too. So Paul in Corinthians <clears throat> uh, explains it. And he, and he, in essence, he's saying this. There's only one God, and an idol isn't a real God, so it doesn't count. He says, you know, there's only one God, and so idols aren't real. There's there's no other gods. That's very Jewish, right? Shammai, well, I'm not going to do that, but anyway, it's going to go into the, the Shema. But uh, uh, he's just saying there's one God. These other gods don't count. So it doesn't matter. You can go ahead and, and eat these things. But that was hard for those who bring this baggage with them into the church, their, their Jewish backgrounds. Okay? Uh, and so uh, and so Paul's saying, don't judge each other's because what was happening is this. The Jewish Christians were judging the Gentile Christians for eating meat sacrificed to idols. The Gentile Christians were judging the Jewish Christians because they wouldn't eat the meat sacrificed to idols, that they were hung up on all those rules. Can you imagine, church, that people have different opinions and each other judging, Right? Because this person thinks this and this person thinks that. And both of them judge each other because they think the other person's wrong. Imagine 
that, right? And, and Paul was saying they're supposed to accept each other, but you have to understand something. He's not saying you have to agree. You can accept someone without agreeing with them. Okay, and we'll, and we'll get there in just a second about that, okay? Um, so, let's bring it, you guys, does that make sense about that church? Gentile Christians, Jewish Christians, eating meat sacrificed to idols, some say, it's okay, no big deal, it's good meat, it's cheap, love a good steak, right? Wagyu beef, okay? And on the other side, they're saying, no, you can't do that because you guys, it's, it's almost like you're participating in this idol worship by eating good meat. Bring it forward 2,000 years, okay? And we have the same kinds of stuff going on in the church. And uh, it, it, it gets crazy. Um, so what makes the idea of acceptance difficult, okay? Uh, or what makes it difficult is, is our differences. It, it's hard to accept people because, because we're all different. Now, I put a bunch of things up here uh, just, to, just to read them to you, okay? We, we're different personalities. Got that? Uh, we're different in genders, uh, spiritual maturity, how we're raised, different convictions, beliefs about various things. We have different opinions, uh, different interests, uh, communication skills, different weaknesses, different strengths, different preferences, different values. No one in this room is alike. And we'll talk about that more in just a minute too. So we have all these differences. And so these differences, when we all come together can separate us. If we start looking at each other and saying, you know, this is this person's wrong because they believe this, and this person is wrong because they believe that. Makes sense. Act like you're breathing. Take a deep breath. Uh, now I know you're alive. Okay, good. All right. Um, this is the deal. If we don't handle our differences well, they'll just divide us even more. And so... That's what was happening in Paul's day. And that's what was happening in the early church. And they were starting to judge each other because of their differences. Okay? And like I said, it was interesting to me that Paul thought the ones who were weak were the ones who had all the rules and who were judging them. And understand that Paul's background was Jewish. But he, he understood his freedom in, in Christ. Okay? So, what are we supposed to do according to this verse? We're supposed to accept each other. Listen to that scripture. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. The key word is accept. All right? And this is what the word accept means. It means to receive uh, kindly, to welcome someone who's different from you. Now, there's different ways to translate it. Okay, the English Standard Version, that's the version I use every day in my devotion time. It says welcome one another. Right? The New American Standard says, accept one another as well as the NIV. Uh, the King James says, receive one another. And then J.B. Phillips is an old translation, a paraphrase. He says, open your hearts to one another. And so it's, it's a very big deal because it applies to us today. And so we have to think about that and we have to think about, uh, what we're doing, how we're supposed to accept each other. Okay? So, first thing. I will accept you because you're a human being. Congratulations. Right? At least most of you are. Right? There could be aliens among us. I don't know. But anyway. Right? I'll accept you because you're a human being. You were made in the image of God. You are an image bearer. And uh, you're a person. And a person's a person no matter how small. Right? 
Anybody know the quote? Who said that? Dr. Seuss. All right. Okay. Was that in Horton Hears a Who or something like that? Was that, was it in that one? Yeah. See my literary skills, right? Number two, I accept you and affirm and delight in the fact that you're unique. Okay. You're unique. There's, there's no other you. And, and, and people probably saying, thank God there's no other you. Okay. See this thing up here. Scientists tell us there's no two snowflakes that are alike. Well, that's just crazy. Okay, because you see it snow, we haven't had, we had some snow, you know, a few weeks ago, but not much for the winter. Okay, there are no two people that, that are exactly alike. Okay, now there's identical twins and stuff, but they're not totally identical in, in every aspect of, of their life. Okay, and so when we ex- acknowledge and delight in that, we're affirming and we believe that God's creation is good. And when we don't, we're saying, God, you did a bad job on that. So I will accept you because you're a human being. I will affirm that you're unique. There's only one of you, and you're special. Okay? Number three, I will receive you and love you even though you are different from me. Okay? Uh, we, ex- we, we seldom struggle accepting people that are like us. I'll talk about that too. But sometimes it's a challenge to accept people that are different, people that look different, people that talk different. People that behave different, different customs, different races, uh, different spiritual convictions. All of us have a limited view of life. We do. I do. I have a world view that, you know, the way I see things and hopefully it's expanding, but we're all brought up a certain way. I was born in Richmond, Kentucky. Anyone ever heard of Richmond, Kentucky and, and lived in Irving, Kentucky until I was six years old? And then we moved with the Appalachian migration to Ohio because oh, a lot of Kentucky people were moving to Ohio. And so my dad was a Baptist preacher. And so the Southern Baptist Convention sent him as a missionary to Ohio, to you heathens up here. Okay? But it really wasn't to the heathens of Ohio. It was with the migration because all these Kentucky people were, were moving up here. So I grew up on Penarol Hill, you know, and I lived in different places in Franklin. So my worldview is is limited, and and uh, I was brought up as a Southern Baptist preacher's kid, and we had certain rules. We were talking about dressing up, going to church a while ago. About my mom would had to wear a little suit, you know, and then, then I'd get a whipping because I goofed off in church, and also I looked like I'd been in a fight because I'd run and play and rip my pants, and my shirt tail would be out, and, and all those kinds of things. And so I so I grew up thinking things were a certain way. Okay, we didn't drink. We didn't smoke, you know, we didn't do, you know, whatever. What is that? I don't drink, go with girls that do, whatever, right? There's an old saying like that. And I th- hope it's refi- referring to smoking or I just said something bad in church. Uh, I remember going away to college at Georgetown College. And they were going to divide us up by our zodiac sign. Seriously. And guess what? I didn't know what mine was. Or even ever heard of it. I had to learn what, what you were if you were born in April. Okay? And, and I thought, wow. And then, and then there was, there was different Christians there and, and, uh, there was one Christian guy. He was a pastor and he was older than me. He was an old guy. He was probably 20, 22. Uh, his name was Blaine. And, and, you know, and I thought, wow, this dude's a pastor and I want to be a pastor one day and all this stuff. And I was with him one day and all of a sudden he pulled out a cigarette and started smoking. 
It freaked me out. I was so brokenhearted and disappointed that this guy smoked. Was it bad that he smoked? Well, physically it was bad, right? It wasn't good for him. But we're in Kentucky, and everyone in his church raised tobacco. And it just was cultural. But my worldview was, wow, that is horrible. I can't believe that I was so shattered. Then once I went to a vineyard pastor's thing, one of the first ones I ever went to, and they were all drinking. Well, that freaked me out, too. And there's nothing wrong with either one of those things. Okay? Well, smoking will kill you, but, you know. Paul said take a little wine for the stomach's sake, so it might be good for you. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I remember when I worked at the Archdiocese, uh, I was the Eastern Area Counselor for Catholic Social Services, and, and Liz and I went to the Archbishop's Christmas party. And it was at the, at the seminary in Cincinnati, and, and they had a bar and, and all that, and all the guys who were studying to be priests were the bartenders. This blew my mind. And, and there was a lawyer guy that worked with us, and, cause I had to get custody of kids and stuff, and, and I said to him, I said, man, this would never happen in my seminary, cause I went to Southern Baptist Seminary. And he looks at me, he goes, yep, but you guys are allowed to get married. And see, he goes, this is all they got. And so anyway, crazy, all right? All of us have a limited worldview. All of us have a background. And, and so uh, people are different from us. And we have to learn how to accept each other, right? Um, number four, I will not, I didn't mean to go so long on that one, I'm sorry. I will not neglect ministering in any or all the one another's to you. If I'm going to accept you, I'm going to, I'm going to, Serve you, I'm going to forgive you, I'm going to encourage you, I'm going to do all those things. Number five, even as I get to know you on a deep level, I'll not stop accepting you. Sometimes the better, more you get to know people, you see all their flaws, right? You go, oh, wow, how to get in this? And we have to continue. Number six, I will accept you for who you are. I won't try to change you. Some Christians think that God's put them in a person's life so they can bring the change in their life. All of us need changed. But it's not your job to change someone else. Plus, you really can't do it. I've, I've seen people do that, and, and it never works out. All of us need work. Number seven, I will accept you because we're one in Christ. We're brothers and sisters. And Paul makes a very powerful statement that we could add some other things to this statement, but I think it's very powerful for us as Christians. In Galatians, he says, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free. There's neither male nor female. You're all one in Christ Jesus. He says we're all one. All those things don't matter. We're we're all one in Jesus. So, accept one another. How do we do that? How do we accept each other? Well, this is how we do it. We accept each other just as Jesus accepted us. Okay, that's what that's what he says. The phrase, just as Christ accepted us. Okay, this is the deal. Jesus is our standard. We're to accept others just as He accepted us. That's that's it. Did Jesus accept you? Now, I grew up in a church where we use the term, have you accepted Christ? Anybody familiar with that term? Have you accepted Jesus? Have you accepted Christ? But you know, the bigger deal is this. He accepted you. Got that? That's way a way bigger deal. He He accepted you. And so just as Jesus accepted you, we're supposed to accept each other. So how did he do that? How did Jesus accept people? bunch of examples real quick. Joyfully. He accepted people joyfully. Jesus welcomed people into his life. 
He even told stories about what happens in heaven when someone comes to him. Listen to what he says. Uh, this is the story of the, of the lost sheep there. Rejoice with me because I found my lost sheep in the same way there's many... There's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. He rejoiced over you. He was glad that you came in, okay, and that you became a follower of him. Number two, he accepted you in spite of your sin. The old saying is, uh, you know, a true friend is a person who knows all about you and likes you anyway, Right? This song was playing a while ago. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Hey, man. Hey, man. There's no hey, man in it, right? Okay? This is the deal. God loves you, period. Warts and all. He accepted you in spite of how you are. He, Jesus accepted you impartially. There's no favoritism with God. Okay? If, you know, if, if you start saying you gotta act like this or that and I will accept you, that's, that's not how Jesus accepted you. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that, what's that word? Whoever. King James says whosoever. That's me, that's you. Okay? I'll put this in my notes. As a matter of fact, when Jesus accepted you, he received you and your sins. He received you and all the mess that comes with you. Amen. So, we're supposed to accept each other just as Christ accepted us. Big deal. So why? Why why do all this stuff? Well, this verse will just tell us to bring praise to God. That, that's the deal. Uh, the purpose is to, and the command accepts each other so that we can bring praise to God. And I put this in my notes. Do you really want to praise God? Then accept each other. It's not rocket science. We're supposed to do that. Jesus said this, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples if you have loved one to another. When people know that God loves them uh, because we love them, and, and then they'll bring praise to God. They're only going to know if we if we show them, if we demonstrate it. They're only going to know that God loves them. And... and uh, it's an important thing that we do that. And, and when we follow the Lord's example and, and love and without judgment, we're giving glory to God because he accepts us. And, and, and uh, we can praise him. When you accept other people, you're demonstrating God's acceptance of them. You accept us so that God will be given the glory. In other words, you're going to be acting like Jesus. You're going to be doing what God wants you to do. Okay? So, a couple other things, and I'll be done. Number one, here we go, I think. We need to stop judging people, period. I can quote all kinds of verses about that. Judge not lest you be judged and all that, all that stuff, okay? We don't need to judge anyone because we're not qualified. And everybody should be uh, matter to us, and everybody should be welcome and able to come among us, no matter who they are, no matter what they are, no matter where they're from, no matter what they've done, they should be welcomed and received into our life and into our church. Number two, accept that we're all different. That's just the deal. We're all different. Uh, we live in a society that that is a society of division. 
You know that, right? And what happens is that we get in this camp or that camp or whatever like that, then we drag it into the church and, and we, we cause problems with each other because we don't accept you. We're all different. How many in this room love anchovies and like them on your pizza? Amen. Oh, I'm, I'm Baptist preacher. I'm supposed to say I see that hand over here. Anyone else? Only one of two people. Lee, you do? God bless you. Back there, Chris, amen. Feel like I'm in a revival. Mark's going like that because he's on the... Fa- Bill, good job. How many hate anchovies? What's wrong with you people? You know, there's, this isn't even an even uh, e- even division, Right? Wow. I gotta put that in my notes. Anchovies. How many of you guys have ever eaten a baby octopus? Yes. Yes. I did the, Liz, yeah, I did the other night. I, we at this place and I put it on the little grill and all of a sudden it started going like that. You know, and I thought, oh, this dude's alive. But anyway, all of us are crazy. We have different things. Right? But I love you guys because, you know, whether you love anchovies or not, you know, I don't ever get them because no one else (laughs) likes them. So very rarely. So don't bring me any anchovies, please. So anyway, you understand we're all different. We just have to accept each other and it can get bigger than this. You know, it can get way bigger in our culture because people will divide us up based upon different things. And then people start hating each other, you know, and, and all that. And people join in and it's whacked. Number three, do what's best for everyone, okay? And this is really important. An important key to learning to accept one another is to attempt to relate to each person as if they're Jesus. That's a big one. We need to seek to treat them the way that we would treat Jesus himself if he came and stood right in front of us. And he told stories about that, the the parable of the sheep and the goats. Remember that? says this, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for me, or one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. I remember years and years ago, I was a chaplain at a prison in Dayton. And I went there on Christmas morning. And uh, did a service before I came to, to this church. And, and uh, I, I, I got up and, and, and I told him. I said, this is the first Christmas that I've ever really seen Jesus on his birthday. And they looked at me, what? And I said, well, Jesus said, when I was in prison, you came and visited me. We need to treat every person if like this Jesus standing there in front of us. That'd change a bunch of things, wouldn't it? That would change our prejudice. That would change our division. That would change everything uh, about that. This is a prayer or a blessing. May God enable us to grow into a real Christian community that truly accepts one another as Christ has accepted us to the glory of God. Amen. So two questions. What's God saying to me? And what am I going to do about it? So let's just bow our heads and think about those things. So, Lord, we thank you that you loved us. We thank you, Lord, that we have been accepted in the beloved by you. And so, God, help these things to flow through our heart 
as we learn to accept each other and love each other. Amen. If you have one of these, take it out. At the first Lord's Supper, there are so many different kinds of people there. There was a hated tax collector, Matthew. There was a, I don't even know what you would call him. He's a zealot. He would be a, I don't know, a militaristic kind of crazy person. God who wanted to overthrow the Romans. There's some fishermen there. Uh, there was a, a traitor there. There were guys who were going to deny Jesus there. They were all there. But somehow Jesus brought them all together. And they had this meal together to remember what he was going to do. And so he tells us to do the same. And so one of the things about this meal, it's a unifying meal. It brings us together because we're a family. I don't know we have any fishermen here. I'm not. I don't need tax collectors, zealots. I don't know, you know, or whatever. But Jesus leveled the playing field by showing us how to love each other and how to accept each other. So let's say this prayer together as a family. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. On the night that Jesus took the bread, he, he said, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this remembrance of me. And it says, after supper, he took the cup of wine. He says, this cup is the new covenant in my relationship, in relationship, in my blood.
do this in remembrance of me. And Paul said in Corinthians, he said, as often as we eat this bread and we drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. We remember what Jesus did, and we're reminded of what we're supposed to do. Amen. Let's all stand. We got to go practice these things, right? Because you know you're going to run into someone. You go, I don't know, right? I don't know about this person, but Jesus says to do it, and that's good enough. So let's just close in prayer. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you that you loved us with an everlasting love, that you accepted us, that you welcomed us, uh, that you want to be with us. So God, help us to, to learn to do the same thing. Holy Spirit, uh, fill us with your love and mercy and grace. And God, just change our hearts toward other people, that we would see them as you standing right in front of us. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Bless you.